the podcast for women in film and television. Welcome to the Wift Austin podcast. I'm Samantha Ray Lopez, and today we'll be chatting with stunt woman, actress, and author Angela Merrill. Angela has worked as a stunt performer on a long list of films, including Shaft, Austin Powers Gold Member, Skyfall, Miami Vice, Pirates of the Caribbean, just to name a few. Also, TV series such as Grey's Anatomy, NCIS Los Angeles, and This Is Us. She's also doubled for A-list actresses like Vivica Fox, Halle Berry, Angela Bassett, Vanessa Williams, Beyonce, and Lisa Bonet, among many others. In 2021, she released the book titled Stunts, the how-to handbook, secrets from an award-winning Hollywood stunt woman, which offers advice to men and women trying to pursue a career in Hollywood. She was nominated for a Taurus Award for her performance in the opening scene of Quentin Tarantino's blockbuster Kill Bill and won a Taurus Award for best overall stunt by a woman for the movie Obsessed. Welcome, Angela. We're so happy to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate all of you ladies. Yes. So to, to kind of dive right in, you have such a long list of credits and have been working with kind of heavy hitters in the industry. How did you get started in working in, in stunts and what kind of inspired you to, to go that route? What inspired me to go this route was as a child running around, I played a lot with my brother and his friends mm. and, you know, how boys are always rough and hitting and punching and tackling each other. I, I played a lot of football with them, rode my skateboard around the neighborhood, rode my bike, fell off my bike, climbed trees. I did a lot of things that were not the typical girl things when I was mm -hmm. growing up, if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. But now women are just out the gate amazing yeah. If, you know, <laughs> Venus Williams and all the MMA fighters, women are just trudging ahead forward into all these fields that were not that popular. They were there, mm -hmm. but they weren't that popular when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. But it was it was just all of that that led me into this career of being a stunt woman. I, I would imagine it has a kind of big toll on, on your body. How do you train and, and kind of keep up with the physical aspect of keeping up with that part of your career? I do a lot of different things training wise. I work out. I have a personal trainer that I work out with. I have a one-on-one -on -one session with my karate teacher. I have trained with different friends at the gym, just working on different skill sets just to keep my skill sets up. I eat right. I get a lot of sleep when I can. I do a lot of stretching. You know, the massage is always there. The chiropractor is always there. So it's all of that that helps to keep me in shape and, you know, healing my body after it's been bumped, bruised and thrown around and all <laughs> kinds of things. <laughs> you mentioned your, um, your karate coach. Mm -hmm. Have you had to kind of learn different types of techniques for different roles? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, definitely. You know, having a martial arts background definitely helps to mm -hmm. me in, in learning how to fight, but there are many different styles of fighting. Back in the day, they used to call film fighting, cowboy fighting, now it's it's leaned towards more like street fighting because yeah. it's it's all about you know taking that punch and reacting to it whereas with martial arts it's it can be very calculated with the mm. way that you kick and the way that you punch but mm -hmm. for film 
you have to recognize that there's going to be a camera to the left, to the right, behind, to the left, to the right, to the side of you. And we're not actually hitting each other. So depending on where the camera is, depends on how you're going to throw your punch and mm. depends on how you're going to react to getting kicked or punched. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole different type of training, mm. but the martial arts does help you with that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a matter of learning, you know, yeah. and learning the camera angles and learning yeah. how to react to all of these things. Mm, so that sounds super complex because there's so many elements at play here, right? You're, you're performing, but also having to do these um, kind of techniques in the right way, but then being conscious of where the, the camera is and, and how it's going to turn out on, on the screen. Exactly. Let's talk a little bit about your, your book, the stunts, the how-to handbook secrets from an award-winning Hollywood stunt woman. You're currently working on a revised edition with some updated material. Can you give us a little bit of a rundown of what to expect in that new version? Well, I think mostly right now it's, it's going to be about, well, I need to take out some of the training places because unfortunately some of them have closed Mm -hmm. and just about what I'm looking forward to doing next. And since the book has been out, things that I've learned, because this business is never ending. You're consistently learning things every single day you go to work, every single time you network or you talk to people or you read an article on something. So it's consistently changing. So that's what I want to update in the book. And then back to the fighting, you also have to remember most times you're doubling someone. Mm -hmm. When you're reacting to things, you have to kind of shield your face so that they don't see you. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times it's just a quick shot, but sometimes if you look a lot like the person, they'll get more of your face, but you still kind of have to shield your face because you're not that person. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, hair and makeup, they do all these tricks and the clothes and things, but if you look close enough, sometimes you can actually see the double if they weren't hiding enough, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's like a constant consciousness and awareness of your body and where the camera is Yeah, you know, and not actually hitting another actor. And then there's all these other things going on around you. So there is a lot going on all at once mm-hmm. when they call action that you have to be conscious of. So what would you say, you know, there's as the business is changing and, you know, this is kind of a, a craft that requires you know, there's obviously the physical element and um, kind of keeping up with all of the, the changes and the different things that are happening within the industry. What are some things that have been consistent throughout your career in terms of um, kind of tips and advice for people who are looking to kind of start uh, exploring being a stunt person? A few of the tips would be to train. That would be the number one tip for sure Mm -hmm. is to consistently stay on top of your training because no one's perfect and things are consistently changing. And on the day, if they change a shot, change a little bit of what your stunt's gonna be, you have to be ready. So you have Mm -hmm. to be able to dig into that bag of your stunt tricks Mm -hmm. and be able to pull out what you need in that moment. And when the stunt coordinator calls you, you have to be honest about what your ability is sell yourself to what your ability is not to what you expect your or what you want your ability to be because that could get yourself hurt that could get other Mm -hmm. people hurt in the surrounding area you definitely want to network in the business because it's it is all about relationships and be on time but being on time means being early Mm -hmm. you don't want the 
the coordinator, the stunt coordinator to have to look for you. You always want to be where you're supposed to be. I mean, it's kind of common sense, but sometimes it doesn't register. You, you know, you get distracted with everything that's going on. And mm-hmm. so you may run to the bathroom and you may forget to tell, you know, a production assistant or another coworker that, hey, I'm getting ready to run to the bathroom. Please let somebody know. You may forget. Mm-hmm. That's why I always say, you know, tell tell multiple people in case that other person went off and did something else. Mm-hmm. Those are just a few of the tips that I live by and recommend. That's a great. So what inspired you to write the book and, and continue kind of updating it and being the source of inspiration for folks? What inspired me to write the book actually was a an actor friend of mine. His name is Stu Large. And he actually suggested that I write this book right before I was going to be on Oprah. And as we were talking, I said, Stu, I'm, I'm leaving in two days. I don't have time to write (laughs) Oprah. So as I was on the plane on my way to Chicago, it it really started to settle in and I started to Mm -hmm. think about it. And I said, wow, this really is a good idea. I feel like I'm ready. I feel like I'm capable. I feel like I've done this long enough to share. And Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of great mentors such as, you know, Kim Washington was one of the most amazing stunt women before I came in that I looked up to Mm -hmm. and watching her career. I wanted to be like her. Mm -hmm. And again, as I was thinking of the book, I thought I I need to give back because so many people have given to me Mm -hmm. I want to share and I want to help other people that want to come in. That's amazing. You mentioned um, Kim and kind of her influence on you. What is the landscape looking like for women, women of color in the stunt world? You know, when I came in, there was a handful of us from East to West Coast, but now there's so many more. And I'm, I'm grateful for that because there should be, you know, there should be more than just eight or 10 of us, there should be as many actors there are, there should be stump women that are working. So it's kind of a, a ripple effect, it, so it to is. Speak, right? And I hope to be able to provide three jobs when I start really booking as an actress for a stand-in of color and then for a stunt woman of color. That's three people that are employed just you know, by that one actor. Yeah. And I guess I hadn't really thought about it like that. Right. Like the more that we see on screen, the more we see that um, kind of ecosystem start to build as well, which is amazing. What advice do you have for young women looking to get into stunt work? So for example, if I were, if I had the idea today, I want to get into stunt work, where would I even start? Well, number one, you would want to start looking for training that would be the first thing that you would want to do. Okay, I'm thinking about doing stunts. What should I be doing? Well, stunt people are very physical. Okay, what am I personally good at? Am I good at gymnastics? Am I good at, Mm. you know, uh, wire work? Am I good at fighting martial arts? Am I good at combat weapons? All these different fields, you want to personally look at what am I good at and what can I become a expert at? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, there's always the internet, Google it. How do I become a stunt person? And multiple articles will come up to try to show you the direction. And then you just want to seek out people, reach out to people Mm -hmm. who are actually doing stunts and see if they'll mentor you or see if you can ask them a question or two and then Mm -hmm. seek out places where these people are actually training and go there and sign up Mm -hmm. and then you start networking. 
Mm -hmm. You mentioned, so networking, what does that look like in, in the stunt world? Is it connecting with people who look like you, who kind of share the space with you or people who have the skills that you're seeking out? What would people kind of seek out in a mentor or people to network with? Well, as far as networking is concerned, it's just like in the everyday world of making friends talking to people. It's the same thing in this business. Mm -hmm. It's all about talking to people. And as I mentioned to you earlier, I'm not really a talker. I'm really a homebody. I stay, Mm -hmm. I have a child, so I stay home with my daughter and I do things with her, but it's, it is all about networking. Once you get that first job, when I started working in California, I wasn't stagnant in that job that I was presently in. I was Mm -hmm. always looking forward what is my next job? And thinking about mm-hmm. the next job, trying to stay two steps ahead of my present situation. Mm-hmm. And it is about talking to your peers. It is about talking to people that you are working with and the coordinator, because everybody's connected. Everybody knows somebody. And if you're not available, you should be able to provide somebody else that is available. And if it's a new person, then that's even more the better for that person, because now you're helping to pull up somebody else. Yeah, that's a really great point. Would you consider being a stunt teacher or coach in the future? Is that something that you would be interested in doing? Not a, a teacher, a coach, but I have helped. I, I am still helping people and mentoring people, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that. I am still, you know, people are still contacting me and I'm emailing and Facebooking back people, mm-hmm. suggestions and my opinion. But all in all, it's up to that person on what they want to mm-hmm. do. Because mm-hmm. I had one young lady who was, sending me messages and she wanted to get into the business but wasn't quite sure and somebody had told her that she was too old and and I said but no it's it's up to you how do you feel your body is is going to behave when you have to hit the ground or hit a wall or throw yourself off of something it's Mm -hmm. not up to that other person to make that decision it's up to you and I think all in all she decided to go forward with it 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 is challenging because you never know what you're going to be asked to do Mm -hmm. until you get that phone call but it's up to you to say I'm gonna have to pass on this one Mm -hmm. but thank you for calling me but these are my skill sets these are my strong points this one doesn't work well for me I'm not capable of doing that but I will learn you know Mm -hmm. you can always Mm -hmm. do that but just be honest with what you're able to do yeah what are your deal breakers where's that line of like no i'm not gonna do that it's too risky like what what's that line of thinking for you Gosh. well now that i've been doing this 25 years i i have cut back on some things such as high falls you know i won't do 30 foot 40 foot high falls into an airbag anymore like that fall for oprah when i jumped off her building i wouldn't do that now because it's not fun for me now, you know, Mm -hmm. now I'm in a different headspace. Now I really, I have so much more to give and share. I feel Mm -hmm. that I want to act now because I feel like what I have to give would be more, more rewarding of sharing Mm -hmm. my vulnerability, which is challenging, but (laughs) for acting, I just feel like that would help me to open up Mm-hmm. more so than stunts. Stunts is fun. I love stunts and I want to continue doing stunts. But headwise, I just feel I'm in a different place now because of the mm-hmm. pandemic, you know? Yeah. For me, things have changed. Nobody was working. What can mm-hmm. I do? 
as we talked about earlier, the voiceover booth, that's something you can practically do anywhere with a box and a microphone. So that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah. I'm auditioning for TV and television. I have never auditioned so much over the past year, over my entire 25 years of doing stunts mm-hmm. for acting. I've never auditioned so much. And, and I do say, yes, it is because of the pandemic, because casting directors are able now to see more people. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's all about mindset. I've shifted my thinking, my goals, my, my wants, my vision for what I want to do now towards acting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever you focus on expands. So because of that, I've been doing a lot more auditions, a lot more self-tapes at home, which mm-hmm. led me to build this, you know, mm-hmm. the voiceover booth. Like, what else can I do at home? Mm-hmm. I still want to do stunts, though, because it's in me. It's part of me since mm-hmm. I was a child. But yeah. there are certain things that I just, nah, give that to a newbie to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the voice stuff. So how, how did you start thinking about doing that? You know, that's something also I'm exploring because, you know, obviously as a podcaster, I'm like, what can I do with this gear that I have now? So now I'm like, oh, tell me what you, you know, how you started, where you uh, are hoping to go. Um, and then I also have a follow-up question about like, you know, being a working mom and being able to have this flexibility with the, the voice work, but, you know, kind of starting from the first question, how'd you get started and, and what are you hoping to do with it? Wow. Well, I'd love to hear about what you're doing as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, as a parent, reading, reading to my daughter when she was a child, mm-hmm. lying in bed and wanting to, uh, Oh my God. Okay. Can we pause? Yes. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know where this is coming from. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> as a parent wanting to create stories mm-hmm. as I'm reading to her mm-hmm. and make them come alive, mm-hmm. make the characters in the book seem real. And when I noticed her engagement in the book, when I would do different voices, it just opened my mind to, this is really fun for me. And to watch Mm -hmm. her, her eyes light up and mommy, can you do the witch voice? Mommy, can you do Elmo? Can you do this? And it was just so much fun. And I thought, wow, maybe I should be doing voiceovers. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should look into this, you know, Mm -hmm. but it took me years Mm -hmm. to finally realize, okay, I'm going to look into this. Mm-hmm. I was so headstrong into fighting and driving and doing all these stunt things like, oh, I'll do that later. Yeah. You know, but now during the pandemic, I thought, okay, well, what can I do and still have an income and be home? Mm-hmm. Voiceovers. It's still acting, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I decided, okay, well, let me start taking some classes. Let me take this serious. And that's what led me into it. That's beautiful. I mean, I, that really resonates with me. Cause I, I feel like, you know, something similar in the sense that, you know, my, my sister just had a, a baby. Well, I don't want to say just had a baby. He's going to be two this month. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my nephew. He's the first, uh, grandchild in our family. And, you know, obviously it's a huge, huge deal. Mm-hmm. And, 
for me, you know, I see the way that he interacts with like the cartoons and Coco Melon and always wanting to read and all of those things. And I, I had somewhat of a similar experience and thinking like, how can I be part of his life, even though I'm not in the town that he's in? And, you know, I also started thinking about like, me and there's a possibility that I won't have kids. And, you know, how can I give my talent to creating this childhood for the next generation? Right. So it's so interesting that you brought that up because in the last couple of weeks, I was like, you know, this could be something that's fun. It's something I've always kind of had in the back of my head. And, uh, these past couple of years have just been a, a, kind of whirlwind for my creative stuff. And so to hear you kind of talk about it like that, like I want to do it and I'm going to do it. it it's uh-huh. inspiring to me, you know? Yeah. I'm happy for you. That's awesome. Thanks. Because this is, this field is wide open right now mm-hmm. from what I'm being told voiceovers right now is, is off the chain, off the roof, whatever slang you want to use. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, that's so crazy how like it, it kind of just happened. We connected like this. Yeah. This year has been, it's been a whole thing. I mean, you know, just this past year, it was like the anniversary of the pandemic or whatever. And yeah. so I've been doing a lot of personal reflection. What has this year looked like for you? Like in, you know, making these shifts, like you mentioned in your cre- in the creative world, how has, you know, this year kind of been for you? It has been mind changing. Mm-hmm. It has been challenging with having a daughter at home doing virtual school. It oh, has yeah. been challenging. It has, I've been grateful. Just this whole list of things that come to mind because my family, thank you, Lord, is still healthy and here. And my heart breaks for people. I can't even. 535,000, I think, yeah. have lost their, oh, it's just horrible, and it's sad, and it's, why, how did this happen, why weren't we told, and, you know, you just start having mm-hmm. all these questions, and it's just, I have to remember to be grateful, to be grateful, to be grateful, mm-hmm. the things that, the things and people that you do have in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, I think, you know, during this time was, I joined the board of women in film and television, Austin in August or September. And since then I've really found like a great community within the board members alone. And, you know, we're creating this podcast all virtually and, you know, kind of really trying to connect on the things that we're so passionate about. And so I'm just super grateful that people are listening and participating and all of that stuff is you're right. Like this is one of those things where it's like, you know, I'm grateful for the things that I can do and the things that I do have. And I think, you know, prior to this, there was probably a lot more energy that I spent on the things I didn't have. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely been a a check. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what are the things that you do for rest and self-care? Because I mean, I would imagine between the stunt work and working your voice and, you know, working as a mom, how do you take care of yourself? I play. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) I I play. Actually, yesterday, my daughter and I, we went to a couple of a couple of malls and just walked around. 
just spending time with her and my family mm-hmm. and relaxing. I just re-landscaped my yard around my house. And so I've been getting my hands dirty, digging into mm-hmm. the earth, which is something that I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And what else? Oh, we've been binge watching All American starring Tay Diggs. I don't know if you've seen that show. It's going on my list. It's so realistic. And the fact that it's shot here and you see different landmarks while mm-hmm. they're shooting, mm-hmm. it, just, it just feels grounded here in LA because part of it's in Crenshaw, the other parts in Beverly Hills. It's a really good show. So we've been binge watching that. Uh, the other night we watched Moxie, another new oh, movie. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, we watched <laughs> that. So it's, we've been spending time doing that. And she's into, she started off wanting to be a director, but now she's really going headstrong into doing stop motions. She has a oh, YouTube cool. channel. She's investigated what schools to go to for animation. One of her wow. favorite films is... Coraline. Mm-hmm. She looked up the company that did Coraline. <laughs> There's they're located in Oregon, Portland, mm-hmm. I believe. And she's went as far as, oh my gosh, they they have interns. Maybe I could intern. She's 14. And, she, <laughs> you know, and I'm just so amazed. So wow. hanging with her and, and my man, and just I bought a trampoline last summer. So sometimes when she has lunch, come on, mommy, let's go jump. Okay. I'll just drop what I'm doing and just go out and jump (laughs) and face each other around the trampoline. It's just been reconnecting and trying to figure out new ways to lift her up, lift us Mm -hmm. up during this challenging time to keep Mm -hmm. her focused and, and not get depressed because, you know, a lot of kids are really struggling, which really breaks my heart. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting environment. It's yeah. You're starting to see those disparities. Yeah. Um, okay. So let me ask another couple of questions. So this is a fun one. If there were a movie about your life, who would play you? Who would oh, be your double? Goodness. I don't know. <laughs> Can I say that? I don't know. Yeah. Stunt wise. I think who would double me would be a good, good one would be Danielle Golden because we have similar skin tone and she's very athletic. Uh, who would be my actor? I, I don't know, Vanessa Williams just popped into my head. Yes. That would be it, I guess. I, I can't, that's a good yeah. question. I don't know that would cause for some time for me to think about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I've also never thought about it and I've asked this question a couple of times and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't even wanna think about it. Um, so how can people find you, follow you, keep up to date with what's going on? Do you have social media, website? I do, I have a website and it's Angela Merrill. It's A-N-G-E-L-A-Merrill-M-E-R-Y-L.com. And the same with my Instagram and Facebook. It's my name, Angela Merle. And the same for Twitter. It's all my name, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's all Angela Merle. Nice. So you're totally track downable, <laughs> yeah, totally findable. <laughs> I know I've, I've had this conversation too, but I'm like, you know what? People want to be entertained by me on the internet. They can. <laughs> so that's fine. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been so great to talk to you, Angela. I feel like I've learned so much about you and have been inspired by you. And I'm just so grateful for, for you taking the time. 
Thank you. I'm grateful for you ladies contacting me. I really appreciate it. And I hope and pray that things will get back on the right track for you there in Texas and of course around the world for everyone that we all hopefully by the end of this year, everything will open back up and we can all hang out with each other and hug our parents, grandparents, yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm Samantha Ray Lopez. Thanks for joining us and make sure you follow the Whiff Austin podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Movie reviews. Hey y'all. For today's movie review, I'm going to talk about the new Netflix film, I Care A Lot. This movie is about a legal guardian who steals from her elderly wards and lands in hot water when her tactics get her in big trouble with a gangster. You might recognize Rosamund Pike from Gone Girl. She plays Marla Grayson. Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones. He plays Roman Lunyev. Eliza Gonzalez from the Fast and Furious franchise plays Fran. And Diane Weist from Edward Scissorhands plays Jennifer Peterson. A lot of Marla Grayson's aesthetic has red in it. That could stand for evil, meaning she's the antagonist and shows us a glimpse into what's to come. Fran, played by Eliza Gonzalez, is Marla's spunky and kick-ass accomplice. She finds the detailed information of the elderly and reports back to Marla. I love the colors used in the film. The bright colors of Marla's wardrobe could show the elderly that she wants to look younger and more trustworthy and fun. The editing team did a great job making sure that each shot looked fun and bright with an underlying tone of deceit, meaning things are not really what they seem. You'll notice that when the camera is focused on Marla, a lot of close-ups and extreme close-ups are used, making her more intimidating and showing her scene partner, hey buddy, I'm in charge. I absolutely love that. I'll be honest, this movie is freaky because putting your elderly parents or grandparents in a home is scary. You never know what's gonna happen to them or who's going to take care of them. This movie is such an original idea. I also feel so bad for the elderly people getting taken advantage of. It makes me sad, but you'll see in the movie that karma can be really cruel. The movie is definitely rated R, so watch at your own risk. Don't show to any children, obviously. Fun fact, Rosamund Pike received a Golden Globe nomination for her performance in I Care A Lot, which is fitting because she did a great job of playing a diabolical, greedy caregiver. I Care A Lot ended in an unexpected way. You'll just have to watch to find out. And lastly, you can find the movie on Netflix. Have a great rest of your day. Member Spotlight. On today's WIFT member spotlight, we have Laura Anna Laura, who is a documentary and factual series producer. She is also the program's co-chair on the WIFT Austin board. Welcome, Laura. Hey, Sam. Thanks for having me. First, tell us a little bit about yourself and what your focus is within the film and television industry. Sure. I've been in the industry for about 20 years. It's crazy saying that because Mm -hmm. I don't think of myself as being kind of a professional for that long, but it's a real (laughs) thing. My main focus has been as a development producer for docs and doc series. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that means basically is, is I am 
at the kind of the ground level at coming up mm. with ideas um, or working with other people as they come up with ideas and kind of bringing those ideas from ideation all the way to network, whether that's broadcast or streaming. So I kind of do everything from coming up with the ideas to seeing the ideas get sold. And then once they're sold, um, sometimes being involved in the whole series itself or the entire doc itself. That's really been my main focus. When I moved mm. to Austin though, I had an opportunity a couple years ago to shift the the company that I actually moved to Austin to work for. Um, I was no longer with that company and then started my own thing. And I was like, oh, I could be a freelancer or I could start my own company and kind of try this on my own, which was a little mm -hmm. daunting because I'd never done it on my own other than being a freelancer and kind of consulting with other companies. And I shifted my focus for the first time since I was like a young uh, professional in Manhattan, which was mm -hmm. like late 90s, early 2000s, I found myself doing commercials again. I was doing book trailers, which I didn't know were a thing until wow. a couple of years. Yes. And I was doing really short pieces for other digital platforms. And it was just mm -hmm. something very different, something completely out of the wheelhouse that I had been in for so long. Mm -hmm. um, it was great. It was really, it was kind of invigorating for me and my career, right? Cause I had done the same thing for so long. I almost had this sense that would I be able to do something new? Would I be able to take on these new roles? Mm -hmm. um, and I was, and I did, and I was, I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just found myself coming back to, through consultation and people, you know, calling me up this long form factual and doc game. So I'm still doing that, but on the side, I'm doing these other things, which again are really different. I just helped uh, a company develop and uh, attach a scripted agent to a scripted pitch, which I'd never mm. done. I kind of, wow. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I don't know that I would have been able to do kind of this diverse range of things mm -hmm. had I not left DC. Cause in DC, I was really focused on factual. I mean, Nat Geo was there, Discovery was there mm -hmm. and that was kind of my focus. And then even when I left, that's what I was doing. So what I love is your story about change and, and, you know, having to make the shift and really finding positive things out of it. So that's, that's so exciting to see that your move here turned into something that was something that you weren't expecting. And it was scary, right? This move here, mm -hmm. like having, you know, knowing no one here and not knowing what I was going to get into. So mm -hmm. it was, yeah, it's been a really positive experience. Yeah. And how long have you been in Austin now? Seven years. Wow. Yeah. So what are you working on now? I'm currently consulting with a company and I'm helping them put together two doc series ideas. So I'm working on two series. I'm also helping someone do a feature doc. So I'm putting mm. that together for them. And basically I'm back in that development place, right? So mm -hmm. I'm helping them get the teasers together, produce. So putting crews out in the fields, getting the content that's needed for the teasers, overseeing the cuts, um, helping them write all of the pitch materials. So that's been really, really exciting. And it's also fun to spend other people's money, right? Like mm -hmm. development can be pretty pricey and I love really glossy teasers and they're really expensive. So it's great having a budget behind these projects to be able to help see them come to fruition. Something else that I'm working on that I'm actually really stoked about is with one of our members mm. who 
gosh, it must have been almost two years ago now, she and I met and she just had this idea and she has been gracious enough to let me collaborate with her on this idea and we've been working to turn it into a, a series. So we're working mm -hmm. now on coming up with this pitch package again, right? This mm -hmm. teaser, these treatments, um, these visuals so that we can go out and, and sell this this project and get her, Wow, I know on a platform, it's been really fun. And again, like she's been so patient and so amazing and her creativity is just, it's, I'm astounded and impressed by all the things that she's done, having had no mm -hmm. experience in this space. So that's something wow. that I'm actually really excited to be collaborating on right now. How exciting. So what drew you to WIFT initially and what do you hope to get out of being a member? So Alicia drew me to WIFT, our current co-pres. She and I were connected through a producer that I met um, at my time at the network, who, when I moved to Austin, found me and was like, are you in Austin? I'm not far away. Oh my gosh. And so, and that's Betty Buckley, who's also on our advisory board. Mm. Um, so Betty connected me to Alicia because Alicia was doing her doc project. And she was like, oh, you should know this woman. And she's also, I think, starting a women in film in uh, television in, in Austin. It, I couldn't think of a better person to be connected. And so that's how I came to it. And learning about what Alicia wanted to do and learning about the organization. And I was a member of Women in Communication and Television mm. WIFT in DC mm -hmm. and long, long ago WIFT in New York. And I was stoked to hear that Alicia was trying to set this up in Austin. Mm -hmm. um, when I moved here, I, as I mentioned, I didn't know anyone. I didn't have those roots here in town. And I, I kind of, when I got here, I felt a little bit like an outsider and it was almost like, why did they hire this girl from another town? And I just, I, I felt like I was almost like not welcomed in a way by some. And that, that mm. made that, that, I mean, look, that's heavy, no matter how positive you are about yourself and how self-motivated you are. It was really tough. And then I met women who were wildly accepting and mm. were so stoked to have other, you know, creative women in mm -hmm. Austin. And I was like, where were you when I moved here? Right? <laughs> and, and I just, I, you know, when Alicia was telling me about this, I was like, I don't want anybody, whether you're from Austin or not from Austin, no matter what you are and who you are in this creative sphere, I don't want anybody to have that same initial experience that I did in mm -hmm. Austin. Mm -hmm. Also, as this like new stuff that I've been taking on where I've been like, booking crews and hiring, you know, talent and all of the things, I realized how few women I knew in Austin, like, why don't I know a lot of lady DPs? And why don't I know a lot of lady graphic designers? And why don't I know editors? And so, I, you know, the other part of me was like, not only do I want to feel connected and make and help other people feel connected, but I want to hire more women and work with mm -hmm. more women. And, and so I think, that, that to me, that was the draw, right? Like here mm -hmm, I have an opportunity mm -hmm. to be interconnected and help other people be interconnected and together lift each other, elevate each other. I don't know. I just, I wanted to feel like I was part of this bigger community of creatives. Mm. Those are the, those are the reasons. Mm -hmm. That's great. I feel like lots of those reasons might be why folks are looking to get involved with WIFT as well. And it's great to hear that you've got a good uh, return from it. I have, I mean, and just, it's just, you know, knowing that we can help each other and basically keep that creative 
grow out. Like when I moved to Austin only seven years ago, you know, there weren't a lot of factual producers in town. There's a lot of commercial. There was, you know, some film there, there was, there was still a mix, but what I love about Austin too is the creative industry here is so diverse, whether you're, mm. you know, doing some theater, whether you're doing a commercial, whether you're doing a film, television, you know, narrative, <laughs> unscripted. So yeah, no, I hope, I hope that other members like me will be able to find those connections. I mean, we're starting this, this mentoring program and I, that's what we're, the hope mm-hmm. is, right? Like yeah. we can use each other as these sounding boards and, and help each other and, and find more power ladies, lady power. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. So where do you see your career in 10 years? I still want to be producing. I still want to be making factual content. I would say in 10 years, I still want to be telling or helping people tell stories that move the needle, that make some positive change and positive Mm -hmm. impact. I would love to, in 10 years, be able to produce meaning actual like step back and say I've had some really great success let me support people with some of their ideas and invest in those ideas rather than now I'm just constantly looking for investments on how to Mm. spend or to to pay for you know these teasers and these docs Uh, maybe I can one day be that person that has the ability to help somebody actually make something financially if that makes sense like I love seeing Uh, you know, there's some of our members who have done like the seed and spark thing. And and I love Mm -hmm. that, right? Like I may not have a lot of money to give, but I can give 10 bucks, 20 bucks, Mm -hmm. right? And we can all do that. So maybe one day I'll be able to do that in a, in a bigger level. I don't know. Yes, absolutely. It sounds like it's definitely, you're in tune with your purpose and that definitely aligns with that purpose. You know, I don't know. The purpose has definitely shifted over the years, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have uh, a tremendous role as a parent too. Mm -hmm. And that has shifted my focus work-wise. I mean, when I was younger, before I had my daughter, right. I lived and breathed my job and now I live and breathe for myself and my kid. And I still live and breathe for work as well, but it's now this balance, right. I Mm -hmm. still want to have that balance and, you know, raise this amazing lady fire of a child and (laughs) make really cool content at the same time. So we'll see, we'll see what 10 years looks like. (laughs) (laughs) So how can people find your work and get in touch with you? Uh, you can find my work. You can stalk me on IMDB though. I don't update that bad boy often. Um, so you can kind of see a list of most of my projects. A lot of my work is still streaming on Disney plus on the Nat Geo platform, Netflix. You can check my website out, which is queens dash suite.com. And that's Queens Q U E E N S dash suite S U I T E.com. And you can, email me through the website. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing a bit about yourself with us today. Becoming a member of WIFT Austin gives you access to a wide network of people just like Laura, discounts on events and services, and plenty of chances to advocate for more opportunities for female identifying folks in the industry. If you're interested in learning more about how to become a member, please visit wiftaustin.com slash memberships. Entertainment News. This is Kelly Coffey bringing you some entertainment news. Uzo Aduba, best known for her role as Suzanne Crazy Ice Warren on the Netflix series Orange is the New Black, has just signed a new multi-year producer deal with CBS Studios. 
The Emmy and Golden Globe winner will star in and executive produce a new drama series titled Low Country with veteran executive producers Robert and Michelle King, known for their shows Evil, Your Honor, and The Good Wife. In the series, Aduba plays Shirley Johnson, a new black and openly gay deputy sheriff in South Carolina's Low Country, as she takes on the wealthy white crime family that has kept the town in their grips of fear. The project is currently being taken to premium cable and network streamers. Three-time Grammy winner and singer Lizzo just inked a deal to produce her own reality show, giving full-figured models and dancers the chance to shine. The competition series will follow Lizzo as she searches for full-figured dancers and models to perform with her on tour, on stage, and on the runway. Lizzo, who was among the show's executive producers, signed a first-look overall deal with Amazon Studios last year. The reality series is just the first in a deal between Lizzo and the streaming platform where she will develop and produce TV series for Amazon. And finally, HBO Max just announced a two-part docuseries in the works about the late actress Brittany Murphy. The as-yet-untitled project will be directed by Cynthia Hill, who previously received an Emmy nomination for her 2014 documentary, Private Violence, and will explore the life, career, and mysterious circumstances surrounding Murphy's tragic and untimely death in 2009. Murphy, who first came to prominence in Amy Heckerling's 1995 teen comedy Clueless, went on to appear in a number of films such as Girl Interrupted, Riding in Cars with Boys, and 8 Mile. The film will also explore the death of her husband, Simon Monjack, who died less than a year later under similar circumstances. No release date has been set. And that's it for entertainment news. Until next time. This episode of the WIFT Austin podcast was produced by Samantha Ray Lopez, Kelly Coffey, and Chantel James. Our editors are Shannon Steffen and Miranda DeVere. Summer Hart is our social media guru. You can find us on the web at WIFTAustin.com and on social media at WIFTAustin. Thanks for listening, everybody.